return to the FBI. How many FBI agents or confidential informants actively participated in the events of January 6th? Sir, I'm sure you can appreciate that I can't go into the specifics of sources and methods. Uh, Did any FBI agents or confidential informants actively participate in the events of January 6th? Yes or no? Sir, I can't, I can't answer that. Well, hello there, and welcome to Further Every Day, the podcast where we explore current events through the lens of the Christian worldview. Except, as you know, many lenses have a prismatic effect, so each one of us will be sitting in a chair. From that chair, we will be discussing the issue of the day. To my right, I have Jennifer. How are you this morning? I'm good. How are you? Doing very well. Glad to have you here. Which chair are you sitting in? I will be in philosophy today. Very good. Dealing with the rigor that we must bring to our faith. Attempting to. And to her right, we have the Yash. Yes, Yashua Gilbert. Yashua Gilbert. Ben David. But no, but no, Joshua, (laughs) son of David, yes. No, and I will be sitting in the chair of economics today. Dealing with the value of our uh, lives, of our worth, and what the Lord says about what we do with that. Absolutely. And to his right, we have Mr. Steve. How are you this morning? Hey, John Arthur. I am doing fantastic this morning. Beautiful day. Beautiful day. It is day. a beautiful day. In which chair will you be sitting in, my good sir? Man, I'm going to work and step on the chair of culture today. I'm going to be working it good today. Awesome. <laughs> Dealing with the counterculture that Christians must bring to what we see in the world. Now, yours truly, John Arthur, will be sitting in the chair of politics and warming the chair of theology. We'll see who comes in. Uh, This podcast is like a box of chocolates. You never know who's going to show up. So with that said, let's get into it. If you read the title to this podcast, some people might be bristling, but I want to get into what happens when politics and the way we run our politics are not informed by a Judeo-Christian ethic. We're going to see a distrust of the system when there is not transparency and righteousness in our elections. So that leads inevitably to nihilism, as we've talked about on another podcast. So let's just go ahead and go through. I, I want to blow through a lot of headlines because there's a lot of stuff here to unpack, and we're going to have to tread really carefully. Josh brought up before the podcast started one or two things. We want to be very careful that we explicitly lay out what we're thinking when we bring up these subjects because some of these issues and some of these stories, there are multiple things that are true at once, and we'll get into it. But Cyber Ninjas just shut down after uh, being fined $50,000 a day from Maricopa County judges for not subpoenaing, for not uh, releasing certain records. Now, we can get into how and why and what they should or should not have, what they may have been hiding. However, I will note that those judges who were doing the subpoenaing were also the ones being audited partially in the process. Just saying, when the people who are being audited are going after the auditors with this sort of attack on a tangential issue, concerning. Now, we've also seen that uh, in Wisconsin, they're trying to wrap up their, their uh, all of these stories at ProvokedToReason.com. There's too many stories, I think, to fit in most podcast viewers. They're going to be at ProvokedToReason.com and the story for this. Wisconsin Speaker Voss uh, wants Special Counsel Mike Gableman to complete election investigation by the end of February 2022. We're looking at the uh, Pennsylvania election. We have uh, uh, the Supreme Court uh, delays Fulton County election investigation of 2020. So where there's smoke, there's there's fire. You would think, you would think that there would be the transparency to go over the records. Just going around the room, I just want to shoot that around the room really quick, Jennifer. When when someone actively pulls, when our government actively pulls out all of the stops to prevent transparency, is that ever 
going to lead to a good thing? Well, ever is a strong word. I will say historically, it has not yet proven to be a good thing. Uh, so going off of that, I mean, it's exactly what you said. Where there's smoke, I'll put a caveat, there's probably fire. Where else is the smoke coming from? My problem is that there, we're all staring at this billowing cloud of smoke and somebody is saying, I don't see it. What, you, what smoke? What are you talking about? Why, why are you... There, what are you nothing's, nothing's going on. And we're like, yo, we see. We can see it. We have eyes. We have brains. And there's this movement to like make you sound absolutely insane if you have any questions about the integrity whatsoever of, of anything that happened. The word gaslighting has been thrown around maybe a bit too much, mm -hmm. but it does somewhat fit this bill. Yeah. I mean that, that that's what you're looking at here when when you when you look at how people who have legitimate questions like Ted Cruz for example in the opening there mm -hmm. what about and, and he goes on to talk about Epps uh, E P Y S this 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 fellow who is seen whispering to people who then immediately go to tear down barricades like there was a second group of people, and if you listen to that full uh, hearing, or at least that segment with Ted Cruz, it, it's on the NewYorkPost.com. You can find it on their page. Again, links at uh, ProvokedToReason.com. You'll hear Ted Cruz say, they literally said on Fifth, Fed, 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 when they heard this guy saying, we have to break into the Capitol building. We have to do... So I, mm -hmm. I'm just saying... There are some people at January 6th who said, no, 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 <laughs> that's not us, fam. Mm -hmm. That's not us. There's something weird here. But when going back to the election integrity, and we're going to kind of circle back to this. We just want to look at the entire picture. Going to Yash. When you have a lack of transparency, this is going to be an interesting one for the chair of economics. When you have a lack of transparency, do you have the opportunity for certain groups and interest groups to forward their agendas over the will of the people? Well, regardless of how you view what happened on January 6th or how you view how the, the 2020 election went down, you certainly have to uphold that election integrity is very important. You have to uphold that ideal. And going to John Arthur's question, that is part of the reason. Because you have this opportunity for people who do have special interest, for people who do have other motives, to hijack that movement and to hijack that moment, which was wrong, to then go forward and, and start their own platform and promote their own economic agenda. And that's exactly... That's exactly what we're seeing them do. And so just moving around the room to Mr. Steve, Chair of Culture, when you have people who are asking legitimate questions and they want to know, they want, I, I, I don't think Cruz's question, why is an EPS being pursued, which he later asked in that interview, I don't think, or that hearing, I don't think that's an unreasonable question when questions like that are now considered treasonous, what does that do to the culture? What does that do to the air that everyone's breathing? I would think the air kind of gets poisonous, to tell you the truth, especially gets real bad when you're in a room like they were in. When you have someone that's telling you they can't tell you or give you the information that you're asking when it's obvious on the video on what was going on. You lose trust in the system. You almost, People almost, see what's happening. They know what's going on. The populace has seen what has happened. They've seen the videos. They've seen what's going on. They have questions that are being asked, or they see crews asking these questions they're having officials that are denying answers because 
they personally don't want to perjure themselves or get themselves personally in trouble or those that are higher up in trouble because they might want of or looking for someone else to pin the fall on, which typically usually happens, someone lower up they blame it on, and you get distrust from the populace. What happens? You're going to end up with riots. You're going to end up with problems that are going on. Absolutely. And that's really the, the, the main issue, isn't it? You're, you're creating a destabilizing force. Correct. And I, th- it's eroding our culture. And, which, which, and if you look, <clears throat> it seems like that's one of the deals that what's going on in this society. The culture is destabilizing. And it looks like that's one of the platforms for this. That is it, exactly what's going on with this. Exactly. Uh, you know, it's very intentional. <laughs> it's very intentional, which brings us to both the political and the theological. If government is ordained by God, and if we are living in not a perfect government, but perhaps the best government that has been instituted since Moses. And since that decayed, doesn't it make sense that Satan would want to tear it down to bring in the revelation times? Oh, why, certainly. Um, You can see where Satan, from the very beginning with Moses, started to try to destroy the laws that were instituted by when Moses was up on Mount Sinai, the people down, he worked his magic that he did with them doing, and then Moses comes down, and what's going on? They're already already back in their old ways, and Moses is mad, and the law gets broken in front of them. And then he's got to redo it and show them what the law is, and then they're spending how many years in the desert? Man, the way you said that. Man, I mean, and now— That's a crazy thought. The law was broken in front of the people. That's really an interesting... I've never thought of it that way. I've never thought of it that way. And then it has to be remade by Moses. Mm, Okay, that's... that's By man. Okay. Rabbit hole. Isn't it? It's a long one to... Long one to run there. First made by God... By his, he's by his hand broken by man, and man had to rebuild the second God built it or God wrote it, broken by man, then man had to reestablish, re-establish it. it exactly. Oh, and boy, you talk That's about been a fall then, huh? <laughs> it's been oh, messed man. up ever since. That's that's phenomenal. So, <laughs> with that said. We're moving on to just, I, I, I just want to remind everyone of some of the irregularities. Jennifer, I, I don't know if you can get that next story uh, about the Antrim County. This was a 2020 uh, December. It's the, it's the fourth story in the, in the, in the line. Or, or no, 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 fifth story, excuse me. From which article or which source? Uh, Gateway Pundit. So Gateway Pundit was breaking a bunch of the stories on From Pennsylvania? numbers. Uh, not Pennsylvania. Not Pennsylvania, uh, Antrim in uh, uh, oh, okay, I see. flashing badges. Is yep. that it? So if you can just read that headline. That headline is interesting. Yes. So Antrim County Forensic Report bombshell reveals Dominion machines were set at 68.05% error rate, meaning 68.05% of ballots could be sent out for mass adjudication giving individuals or machines the ability to change 68.05% of votes. So this is similar results to what Cyber Ninjas found. Okay, with and, and here, here's the issue. You don't have to actually commit fraud at the ballot box, but if you're able to flag everyone's ballot and send it to adjudication where there's no bipartisan oversight... That's now 
that's now messing with our trust. That is, when you have a 68% failure rate at the machine, where someone else has to take your ballot, rewrite it, and put it in, that is now f messing with our ability to trust it. Normally, it wouldn't be a problem because in that state, you are required, you are required to have one representative from every party who has requested it. Not, not, not bipartisan, like, like if, if the Green Party wants someone there, they are required to have, to be allowed a poll representative, poll watcher, whatever you want to call them, in that space. I think that's, does that not sound fair? Yeah. When they're, when they're actively all thrown out, though, <laughs> and that's where you have to stop the count. They said stop the count until you can let us back in. Just so everyone knows, when, when they were yelling, when the people in the uh, um, in the uh, 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 Detroit counting center, the T TPC TCP, anyway, doesn't matter, were counting, stop the count. They're saying stop the count until we can be let back in. We want to be there to look. We just want to be able to watch that. So, oh goodness, now. I'd, I'd like to take this time to ask everyone to silence their their phones because mine's going off. Oh, oops. <laughs> but um, when, when you have that lack of accountability, ph philosophically, l l l let's just play devil's advocate. What would be a good reason, Jennifer, to boot out all of the opposing parties' representatives who are required by law to be there for the vote? vote count is there a good reason that one can think of devil's advocate i certainly don't agree with this sentiment but i suspect that the 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 people who did this sort of thing who kicked people out who may very well have tampered in some way with some portion of this election i believe that they thought that they were doing a good thing because, the ends justify the means. Yes, because they've been sold a bill of goods that the way to solve all their problems is the Democrat Party, is progressivism, is uh, you know universal health care, and and all of this stuff that's been promised them, and they have been told and believe that this is going to fix all the problems of the world. It's going to solve racism. It's going to solve income inequality. There's not going to be any poverty anymore. If you really believe that, if you believe that you have a solution in your hands to wipe out poverty and racism, and you don't have the foundation of Christianity to hold you to a standard of honesty, you can very much spin it in your own mind that you're actually doing something good by lying and cheating and stealing and doing all of these dishonest things. You can, you can make yourself believe that you're the good person in that situation. Man. What economic reasons would, and by the way, the folks who threw out the poll watchers in the TCP, I think I'm getting that right, um, in that mall, where they were doing the vote counting, where they shouted stop the count. The folks that threw them out were, almost all of them were unionized police officers, teamsters who were brought in as security. You know, I, I, I don't know if you've ever worked in Chicago and dealt with unions. When you show up at a dock to bring in equipment, if you want to, if, if, if let's say you're doing a show, I've done a lot of road show work. You show up, you're required to have, a, it's like two or three people from the union to sit there at like $60, $120 an hour to offload. Then, then there's a different group of people that get paid to take you up to the ballroom. And then when you get to the ballroom, even if you're not going to use the lighting and the sound tech, you're still paying for them. There's, when the unions are actively involved in strong-arming elections, 
it, it raises an interesting question, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. I mean, do they have something to gain from that if they lose <clears throat> the union's power in that city? I mean, isn't there a lot of money at play here? I mean, yeah. I mean, if you have someone who comes in and supports policy that's anti-union and that's for de-unionizing, of course, you, 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 you want to make money. I mean, you have to support a family. You have, you have bills to pay. You have to put food union on the Union dues, because the union takes 30% uh, of that. Yeah, and the union's got to make money. And, the, and so you have this whole infrastructure at play where you are incentivized to keep policy in place that supports unions. Now, in the case of this, you know, I'm, I'm not going to assume the worst and say that, that, oh, you know, these people definitely did some crazy material. But still, even if, even if I do believe that, to kick out the people who wanted to keep count over that, it hits at John Arthur's point about election integrity and, more importantly, about trust. Can you have trust in this system if things like this are discouraged? Can you have trust in the fact that people are not acting upon their own special interests and they're acting on, instead on behalf of the people's interest when stuff like that happens? It's really hard to argue for that position, especially when, when you know that money's involved. Exactly. Exactly. And that, and that really, again, just pulls over really nicely to the chair of culture. I want to ask you, when we lose trust, and we covered this in a previous podcast, but I want you to just sort of go down this track a little bit. But when we lose trust in our institutions because they no longer uphold the values that they purport to hold, what sets in? Nihilism, right? Oh, yes. What does that look like in our culture? Ooh, you end up with <clears throat> anarchy. You end up with, oh, you see things like smash and grab going on in California, all along the West Coast, various things happening in the East Coast, robberies, home invasions that are going on, constantly some type of violence that happens. People that don't care about what's happening with the government, they don't pay any attention to law. Only thing they care about is what they can get and why they want it. They just want it because they want it and they don't want the police around. Well, there's an Defund the police. There's an inherent instability, isn't there? <laughs> Once you Completely. Take away once you take away accountability for our institutions, there's an inherent insta instability that occurs. And so in that instability, does it not make sense that you would want to just make, to get what you can get today, to just get what you can get today and, and get along? So do I act? Yes, I hold those people accountable. Do I understand? Maybe a little. Mm -hmm. But that's where that's where it really goes to this. God hates unbalanced weights and measures. Let, let me ask let me ask you justice. this. Here's here's a situation. Have any of y'all been in a position where someone comes up to you, you've got something that you have on, something a personal item that you have. Somebody comes up and says, Boy, that I really like that hat you have. That's really nice. Where did you get that? You tell them. Or if you're wearing a tie, I really like that tie. Oh, why, thank you. You know, I think I want that tie. I think I'm going to take it. Have any of you three ever gone come had that happen to you? Mm -mm. I'm, I'm I worked large. downtown for a number of years, I had that happen to me three times. Somebody come up, said they wanted my tie. 
wasn't well. That didn't go over real well. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't, for, for they didn't you have my tie. Let me put it that <laughs> way. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, uh, Steven Seagal, I mean, uh, Steve Johnson over here. <laughs> don't insult uh, actually, him like that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no he's, not, he's not a Buddhist. I'm, I'm guessing that was an unsuccessful ask. But <laughs> <laughs> Mission failed. He, uh, um, he, he, he does do self-defense training, and he's, he's very versed. He's uh, got, what, fifth degree? Yes. Fifth degree black belt and black belt. Um, jujitsu. Jujitsu, very good. So uh, hard to pull over, but uh, and, and pull pull the wool over and and bring him down. But let's just talk about that false weight and balance. The government was ordained to hold and hold these standards and metrics to keep us safe, and not only to keep us safe, but to manage and maintain law and order. When we do not do that, we, we, we've, we've lost the purpose of the government. The next logical conclusion is to tear it down, but it's a God-ordained institution. We need to reform it because we can't do any better than government. Anarchy is not the solution. It is godly governance, godly governance. I just wanted to add something to the chair of politics and the chair of culture on this topic. When you think about how the political structure in America currently sits. It is completely based upon tribalism. Oh, man. Oh, and, yes. And so here's what happens when a situation like this past year's election comes around. The only people who care are the affected party because it's not about a universal good. It's not about... A, a universal principle. It's not about the scripture. It's not about absolute truth. It's about, did this affect me? And if it doesn't affect you, then you don't care. And doesn't the church take that tack all too often? Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't directly affect me at the moment, I am willing to allow it to slide. I think they do that all too often. It, we do that all too often. So let's move move forward to the next story because I want to get to the to the to the, the more philosophical take on 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 the issue uh in just a bit <clears throat> but let's talk about the January 6th event uh first off January 6th a mostly peaceful protest Stop. it was mostly peaceful the issue here and, and by the way I'm actually going to say something that's going to ruffle a lot of conservatives there were agitators in BLM during the Summer of Love. There were active paramilitary operatives who were going in and out, who were actively instigating violence in the Black Lives Matter protests. They're doing it to everyone. Mm -hmm. And you have eyewitness accounts, video of people running into black vans and then getting taken out after smashing, grabbing, and starting a fire and encouraging other people to do that during summer of 2020. Okay, that and just weird activity that it just, it just leads you to kind of think that some of that violence was instigated by outsiders. And you have a lot of video out there as someone who's not a Black Lives Matter guy at all, uh, you know, all, you know, Every every Black Life Matters, you know you you not the not not, not the podcast for that, but um, there were a lot of suspicious activities like ESP in the crowd. But now S was specifically January sixth, not Black Lives Matter. We correct. Have switched back. Thank you. We're switching back to. Thank you, Jennifer. Keeping me honest here. But well, you just you, you have multiple thoughts in your head, and only some of them make it out. Yes, this is true. This is true. So my, my, my sincerest apologies. But um, going to the January 6th prisoners, there are people who've been arrested and not like much of any sort of charge being given for a year now. I'm for arresting every single person who broke into the Capitol. But I want to give the testimony of one of them and – before I do, I'll say that there are a lot of people who were actively involved in the breach of the building 
Capitol Police officers who actively open the door and wave people in. Potential uh, alleged FBI agents, agitators who were disappearing off of the list of the FBI search. So I'm for arresting all of them, but if you're going to arrest all of them, try them, go through the due process as fast as possible, and let them get on with their lives for trespassing. And I want and to at least charge quick. them. At yeah. least charge them. I, I would like to add really quickly that I fully agree that we need to pursue justice for the people who participated in January 6th. But I want to hit back on a word that you had mentioned earlier, which is having a standard. Yes. A standard of justice means that justice is applied equally. And when you have politicians who actively raised money to bail out violent protesters for the Black Lives Matter protests, and yet now are really gunning for blood for anyone who was even associated who, yeah who was who was in a 10 mile radius who breathed close to the capitol and and i mean th this ridiculous video of kamala harris comparing january 6th to pearl harbor and 9-11 no one died on that day there were officers who committed suicide after by the way some of whom after allegedly offering their body cam but but not gonna anyway, get into that. Not gonna get into that. Sure, but but my point is that when you have a standard, it's not a standard if you're only applying it to one side, mm -hmm. and and we have to be as Christians, like you said, upholding a standard, which is why when we recognize that there were instigators at the January sixth riot, not absolving them of their autonomy in the decisions that they made. We also have to recognize that that same thing is happening on the other side of the aisle. Folks, the, 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 the person that we're all aiming for, the person that we're mad at or group of persons is not a Democrat. They're the ones controlling the Democratic Party and using them as a tool. The, the, it's, the spiritual, it's, it's the spiritual battle yes. that we're fighting. And that's, and that's really the issue is this is a spiritual battle. <clears throat> and you're looking at hostages who are in a... a What's the Beauty and the Beast syndrome? Stockholm. Stockholm. They're in a Stockholm relationship with Satan. They're in a Stockholm relationship with Satan. Boy, you are not kidding there, John Arthur. And that's, and that's what we have. So we should see these people the same way that we view people who are in the human sex trafficking. We should see these people as pimped to Satan. And, 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 and like, uh, let, me, let me say... All of us, when we are in sin, we are in a bad romance, if you will, with our... <laughs> I'm sorry, Jennifer. I heard <laughs> Jennifer there. Um, we're in a bad romance with that sinful activity. I, I, I agree with your sentiment. I would disagree with your analogy because with people who are in sex trafficking, it is something that is happening to them. With sin, while we are taken captive by the devil, it is 100% a choice that we make. A lot of, a, a lot of people who are involved in the, and, and that's a good distinction. There are a lot of people who are involved with the sex trade who do so quote unquote willingly, but when they get out, they go, they, they, they look back on it and they say, I was in bondage and I did not know it. So there are some who are physically sure. forced at gunpoint or knife point sure so agreed 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 so uh <coughs> but Ooh, i would like to bring up a verse in relation to that though please do and also remember this about these parties is that we're, we're purely speaking about the representatives that are yes. in in there mind you there are probably some supporters that also fall into this but I, I do believe that we should, it's important to distinguish between the party and the individuals within the party mm -hmm. and the individuals that support the party. And there's big distinctions there. But going to the point of being taken captive by Satan, speaking of Second Timothy, speaking second, the end of Second Timothy 2, 
And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. Mm. Mm. Now, I'm going to step up. Instead of sitting in the chair, I'm going to step up (laughs) on it. And, And in reference to what you just said, Josh, by being captured by Satan, when those that are captured, okay, and I've seen this happen living in the world of culture before I was saved at the age of 48, I walked in the dark for a while, for quite a few years, and seen people walking in pitch black. They walked hand in hand with Satan. And these peop- some people enjoyed it. Some people did not realize it until after they got out. Exactly. Mm. Because it's just like when you walk around in a dark room without a flashlight, you're going to trip over everything that's in your way, and you will fall down and hurt yourself. But if you don't know what light is, you'll think that you're living normally. Exactly. And you're in bondage, and you don't realize it because that is what you know, that is all you know, and you don't know what the light is, and you've never walked in the light Mm -hmm. to realize how beautiful the light can be when you walk in it. And let's not let the first part of that verse slip by either. How are we to approach people who are in this bondage with gentleness and love? I mean, I'm all for pursuing justice for people who commit violent crimes, but if you run into somebody who is a Black Lives Matter supporter and you are yelling at them and you're causing the country to do such and such and you're not you're not being a good representative of Christ. Kahirk, you're dumb libtard. Stop. That who does that win, by the way? Like 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 who who actually thinks that you're going to change someone's mind? Well, they're not concerned about that. It's tribalism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, 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 it's, it's, it's being a Republican first and a Christian second. Exactly. Mm-hmm. After you've called someone a libtard, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say you, you've forsaken the gospel and you've absolutely gone to a tribalistic stance. That's the, the exact word, Josh. So let's move on to the next, next bit here. Now, we, we, we covered this at the beginning but I just want to read one more excerpt from that cruise uh, uh, questioning that I hadn't got to. And I've alluded to it, but he continues his, Magically, Mr. Epps has disappeared, this, this guy who's actively cajoling people into, although I don't know if it was cajoling, it might have actually been people in his party, uh, to tear down barricades and to run through and to cause mayhem. Cruz, magically, Mr. Epps disappeared from this public posting of people who were wanted by the FBI. According to public records, Mr. Epps has not been charged with anything. No one has explained why a personal video, uh, or a person videoed urging people to go to the Capitol, a person who can, uh, whose conduct was so suspect that the crowd believed he was a Fed, would magically disappear from the list of people the FBI were looking at. I think, I think that's that's magic material. But let's look at who the FBI and the January six uh, folks are looking at, right? And and what the culture is actively doing. There's three three or four stories here. First off, there are folks like Colonel Waldron, Colonel Phil Waldron, who gave testimony in multiple state Senate hearings, just saying, look, here is what. Here's when the votes were added. This is what this looked like. These are hand-fed machines. In, in the Arizona testimony, you, you can find them. Hand, you know, these are hand-fed machines, 
and you're you're putting one ballot in and at a time, in, you know, in a stack, and it and it registers. And there's only so many, and you see this this flow of ballots coming in, and all of a sudden you see a thirty-five thousand spike jump in. That's not normal. And by the way, if I'm don't quote me, but I just I just don't have to guess for whom that 35,000 spike was cross-ballot, but I believe I remember who it was for. Don't have to guess. Suffice it to say, mm. there is an explanation for this. There is an explanation <laughs> for this. Uh, in the Dominion Manual, you can batch load in ballots, and you can create batch load in ballots, uh, and you can also do weighted voting for real estate. So if like certain stockholders, so the, the concept that, that is being put forth, if you have the hypothetical of a real estate, uh, like an HOA vote, I don't know why you'd be using Dominion voting systems for an HOA vote, quite a hoity-toity place. Uh, but but mm. say you're in the billionaire's club, I think. Yeah. There. <laughs> I, I, I think you are in the billionaire's club at that point. But if, if, if you have X amount of share, right, and and or or X amount of property size, you can have a weighted mm. vote. Uh, so 110% as opposed to 90%. That's how we have percent percentages of voters voting in the 2020 election. By the way, in the 2016 and in the 2014, we, we saw those with Dominion being deployed the whole way. There aren't percentages of voters, by the way. You have 1% of a voter, but there's percentages of voters in some of these roles where it's it's very clearly weighted voting. But that all aside, just talking about the injection, it's not conjecture. Now, this from the from from the pundit again. The Gateway pundit is a hyper partisan site. They're they're very right leaning, and I, I acknowledge that. However, they're one of the only sites that you can actually find a lot of information you know that's culminated on this issue so they're, they're, it, it's kind of their thing but Waldron is now uh, you Bernie Thompson chairman of the January 6 uh, uh, January 6 um, tribunal if you will uh, wrote in a letter to Waldron you have also publicly acknowledged contributing to the creation of the PowerPoint presentation that was given to or described for Republican members of Congress on the eve of January 6th. But he also spoke at the election hearings in Pennsylvania, Michigan, et cetera, leading up to that. He's providing that, that this is just another patriot providing information and data. But now the January 6th tribunal is coming after him. Just for, just for daring to talk about that philosophically, I just, you know, let's play devil's advocate, Jennifer. What good reason would there be to go after someone who's just in the guy was a data analysis in the armed forces and now he's a private data data analysis guy? Uh, what would be a good reason to subpoena him with the intent of potential prosecution? Well, see my previous answer on why it would be good to potentially uh fiddle with the actual election. If if you've done that for the reasons that I laid out in your own mind, then why wouldn't you continue? Why wouldn't you then see someone asking questions about your methods and say, <coughs> no, I'm not going to let you ruin all my hard work and come after him? I mean, that's 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 the issue. Now, At, at its core. At, yeah, at its core, is that these people... Who are taken captive, and that's the theme for the for the podcast. They are taken captive by this idea that they are going to save America by doing these dishonest things. Not just America, the you know, the whole world by by proxy of, of America. And it's a lie, but it's a lie that they have bought into. And they will do anything to protect that lie. Well said. Moving on to the chair of economics. You know, this is an interesting one for you because 
you look at how the government is spending its money, our money really, on pursuing citizens who maybe they're paid, maybe they're not, who are asking questions about the process and just looking at the data. They're just saying, here's the data analysis. If you, if you, if you want to go and watch his, his uh, address to the Arizona public, uh, uh, Arizona Senate and Congress, you can look at that, where he literally is just presenting the numbers of votes on a timeline. When the government is using our money to prosecute someone who's asking about the way the system is run, how should the how should the Christian respond to that? Stop paying your taxes. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here, folks. You heard it here first. No. Well, Yeshua, son of David. Yeshua, son of David, says, Yeshua, son shall not pay taxes. No, this is bad. This is bad. Right. Give <laughs> Caesar what is Caesar's, up. huh? Let's, let's, clean right let's clean it up. Let's clean it up. But how should we respond to that? Call your representative. Call your representative. Ask them why they did that. Ask them why are they, why are they dismissing things such as this. These calls work, by the way. Yeah, these you, calls work. Please, get involved. Get, get involved. Ask those questions. Because the thing is, re remember this. The government represents you. Now, ultimately, they're supposed to represent Christ. But, they, but in this specific one in America... They represent you. It is a representative democracy. They are just one of us. Yeah, they are just one of us. So, so, so when you have a situation like this happen, call your representative. Say, why did that happen? Light up their phones. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and people really don't realize this, but I talk to my representatives. Guess what? They, they, they know my name. <laughs> <laughs> they see me coming. They know what I'm going to talk about uh, uh, for, for, for Texas state representatives. They, they know. I, I walk up, and they're like, oh, no, <laughs> here he comes. What did I do this abortion, time? Abortion and, and uh, 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 gu gun rights legislation. <laughs> I know what you're going to talk about. Yeah, and, and I'm sorry. I have a, They know what I'm going to talk about. Mm -hmm. But guess what? They know. They know. And by the way, be the kind of person in your, in your world, in your sphere, in your community, that in your church, that you actually are a force for the gospel. People will see that. And when they see that you are part, you are moving that direction, you're moving that ball, <clears throat> your representatives will, will think twice about just turning you away. So moving over to the chair of culture. So... I, I, I want to throw another story or two in here, and then I want to get your reaction. Uh, these are just headlines. Uh, Mike Lindell, big advocate for election reform, was right. just been debanked across the board. All of his charities, his uh, um, charities that do uh, rehab mm -hmm. for druggies, you know, Mike Lindell, that came from a very dark background. Yes. Uh, all of them were dropped from their banks. You look at uh, OAN in dropped from uh, Direct TV. Correct. You're watching the culture, the court of public opinion, much like the vaccine decree. It wasn't even it wasn't even really a, a mandate that by he just sort of said it at one point, and all of a sudden, all the companies took it as a given that the vaccine was now mandatory. You're seeing this persecution of individuals who just had the temerity to ask, why is this being run this way? Mike Lindell's a little more forceful than, than say, like someone like Colonel Waldron. What kind of culture do we end up with, and is, is there a chance for the gospel to flourish within that culture if we allow it to develop that way? If we allow it to develop, we've got a good chance of Christianity developing because... Um, you know, you and I had had a conversation uh, last night just talking about persecution <laughs> and how the church, under times of persecution, flourishes the most under persecution. 
I mean, you can look through history, and currently the church will flourish under times of persecution. It doesn't matter what country, Iran, China, you know, various places like that. Uh, there, If the church, and of course here, we're starting to become under persecution, which has started how long ago? And it's even getting worse now with all this cancel culture. I mean, Mike Lindell, you see people that now are even like you had mentioned on gun rights about yourself, talking to your uh, Congress people. What are they doing? They got people out there wanting to cancel people's credit cards if they buy guns with their credit cards. Mm-hmm. Cancel culture. Direct TV canceling OAN because they're talking about mandates. And then, just like Mike Lindell, all of his banks that deal with him, this man is worth a lot of money. You know that man puts a lot of money into these banks, and they're canceling him because he's talking about election reform? What side do you think these banks are on? Who do you think they give their money to? And here's where it gets interesting, because these people are talking about righteous values. So if the issue is Christian values, or if that becomes the talking point, just saying, if, if righteousness becomes evil, what's going to happen to the Christian? We're going to have to start living up to those ideas instead of just saying them is for the first thing that we're going to have to do. And what that is going to lead to is essentially a, a, a breakdown of the Christians being able to live in society. And we'll, we will be pushed to the fringes. And it will be a fight for us to get in in any way that we can to share the gospel, to participate, to do anything. But that, I believe, is the ultimate goal is to get rid of the only, I guess, voice of reason, which is biblical truth. I mean, if you can get rid of biblical Christianity, it's a, it's a wide open door to whatever you want. You, you can do anything you want because now you don't have the light in that dark room. Now you can just go on having people stumble around and they'll never know the difference. That's right. Those who live in darkness love darkness. Correct. And you never know the difference. Mm-hmm. You don't know. Mm-hmm. And and the people who are in that dark room, who know they're in that dark room, the, the one thing that they hate more than anything is anyone who's able to get out. Right. And They can't stand it. And, and when you think about it, people sometimes think they can see in the dark. And they, you know, you, you walk around in the dark and you say, oh, let my eyes adjust and I can see in the dark. You can't see in the dark. Satan has got you blinded. He is the great deceiver. You may think you see what you see, but he has got you. I mean, he is throwing out there illusions that have you blinded and got you going the way he wants. And the only reason people can't actually physically see in a quote-unquote dark room is because there is a light source that you're unaware of. If there's zero light source, you can't see it. Your eyes physically cannot see. The way that you see is by receiving light into the receptors in your eyes. If there's no light, you're not seeing anything. If you're seeing something, there's a light source. You can't do it. Man, that, that, that's an interesting segue into discussion on uh, heaven and hell, but uh, not our conversation. <laughs> 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 Boy, really we're opening up some neat ideas for no, further yeah, podcasts, yeah, 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 aren't we? I want to go ahead and just like, kind of close out the day just talking about this real quick. Let's go around the room because we've we've laid out the foundation. Just, just just so you know that we're not coming at this with some random set of conspiracy theories. There are conspiracy theories out there, and some of them are absolute bunk, like 
flat out wacko. I think we've we've come at this somewhat from an even perspective, uh, if not overly cautious, which is fine. But just let's go around the room real quick and let's look at when we do not have election integrity, we see persecution coming. And yes, persecution may bring growth to the church, but woe to him through whom these things come, right? You know, some things are meant to be, but woe to whom, uh, him through whom they come. Philosophically, why should the church be interested in promoting election integrity? Well, because one of the best ways that we could spread Christianity, spread Christian values, is through this great blessing that we have of the American governmental system. I mean, the way that America is structured, we have, if it's, if it's used correctly and honestly, we have amazing opportunities to have godly people in positions of great power that can affect not only America, but the entire world. And if we can preserve appropriately the position of America in the world and the integrity of America, we can influence for Christ. The possibilities are endless. I mean, God, God can use the tools uh, greatly. Now, he can also use us as tools if it goes the other way, too. Don't misunderstand. I'm not saying that America is the end-all, be-all. But it is certainly something that could be used if it's preserved. Most importantly, on that note, it's what was entrusted to us. Yes. It was what was given to us. And we were founded on the concept of being a city on a hill, something that people could see this is what godly governance looks like in a pre-millennial reign state. And we should be trying to uphold that. Moving over to the chair of economics. When we have this value structure in our system that, that incentivizes hard work, that incentivizes godliness, shouldn't should the church be interested in promoting that? And frankly, why doesn't the church speak out more on some of these political issues? One of the all things, in your chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of the things about ministry that you come to find as time goes on is that this is it is hard. It is hard and you don't see a ton of fruit at times and you could go years without seeing a drastic change in someone that you have been witnessing to or someone that you have been been sharing and just sharing the word with or sharing fellowship with and you just don't see any fruit and and it, it can be tough but that doesn't mean that you don't do the work just because it's tough doesn't mean you don't do the work. We have been called to do that work. We have been called to be prepared and equipped to teach, prepared and equipped to do every good work. So whether in government, whether in government or, or on whether, the side of the street, whether yeah, whether anything. And so when it gets to down to economics, it's it's beneficial when you have people who work hard. It's not just beneficial for the individual because they because they, they, they make money, obviously. They, they be, they're able to provide. But it's beneficial to the, to the companies. It's beneficial to the healthcare system. It's beneficial to the, you name it, et cetera. It's everything. It's beneficial to everything when people work harder. And, yeah, we, we, we need people who are going to be okay with working hard and maybe not seeing the most of their results. Work was ordained by God. And just to finish up, though, on the, on the note of today, do you think that some churches are afraid to talk about election integrity because they're worried about losing money? Um, oh, I, I definitely think for some churches, 
that's definitely the case. I mean, anything but, political. But, really. but I think I think I think that it's it's just trying to figure out how to approach it tactfully, and I and I will say Amen. I don't think pastors probably know how to approach a situation like that tactfully. Because you want to approach it in a kind way, and you want to approach it in a in a way that that does it some service, but you also want to uphold the truth. And so, for, I'd imagine for some of them, if not a lot of them, it's 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 it, a t- it's a tough subject to approach. But is there is there some who are worried about the financial repercussions? About if I talk about this topic, I will not receive offerings because this is counterintuitive to my prosperity led gospel. Mm-hmm. Oh, I definitely think so. Well, and if you look at it, again, the, the, the sergeants of the Revolutionary Army were the pastors and the clergy. Uh, being involved in the political fight is something that pastors have absolutely abdicated. Now, we, we've beat that dead horse dead. If you want to, in, in another podcast, but suffice it to say... If you want good information, we're, we're not really the best source on that. Wall Builders is an incredible resource on that. Uh, those guys absolutely have wonderful information on how to look at our government from a godly perspective. Uh, just a sh- quick plug for them. Best source I know of. Moving over to Steve Johnson, we're on the hour here. Got to wrap up. Culturally, what happens when the church is silent on the issue of politics and political issues. Culturally, does the church remain relevant in the correct way? Or do they lose their relevance? I think the church, as, as a, um, coming from the chair of culture, the church, I believe, has always been involved if you look back in history, has always been involved in politics. Um, read the Bible. Politics and the government was established established by God. So that means not just the people, but the churches should be involved in what goes on with the government. That means now, granted. The government doesn't want pastors to be involved. They don't want the pastors to be talking about it. Because what happens when you have church-going people that are being informed, boy, they come to the the polls. Mm -hmm. And what was one of the things that happened in one of the last elections? Uh, There was an – or one of the elections a number of years ago – that the percentage of evangelicals 26. voting was way down. Oh, you're, you're, you, you're that was how many years ago? Just what was 2010 that? or 2012? It was right. way down. And then 2016, we it, saw the largest evangelical sweep. Correct. Right, and that was brought up because of the increase of the number of pastors that started talking about it into churches, which was a fantastic thing to have happened, and it needs to continue to keep the evangelicals and others that are Christians involved in what goes on and informed so that these people vote. That right there is the full solution. It's not politics. Politics is part of it. It's revival. What we need is revival. Correct. And that's what's going to change our culture. We need revival. It's not who's in the White House, it's who's in this house, who's in this dwelling place, and what you allow him to do. What you then allow him to do in your house, your church house, your state house, the White House will follow. Make sure that you are living in a way that allows Christ to reign. Boy, I remember when revivals were two weeks long. We want to make sure that we want to have a couple years of strong revival. Folks, make sure that you are living in a way that brings revival. If not in your general area, where you are specifically, make sure that you're living in a, in a state that produces revival. With that said, 
Thank you so much for listening today. Hope you enjoyed it. Go ahead and let us know in the comment section down below if we missed an argument or if uh, we missed a story that you'd like us to cover on this topic or if you have a future topic you'd like us to talk about. Tell us from which chair you're arguing. If you have an argument, if uh, you did not like the podcast today, I am so sorry. I hope I, 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 I hope we, we, we can find you some respite somewhere else. But um, with that said, thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. See you guys. All right. If you're still here, let's go ahead and talk about it. Do you think that we're going to sweep 2022 or do you think that the fraud issue is such that it's going to because it ran really bad last time sure do you think conservatives are ticked off enough to go to the polls and work as part of the election integrity very much so i think that we will see a republican sweep of government in 2022 i think there is still much work to be done from a Christian perspective, before we see results on that front. So we need revival. Yes, exactly. Josh, what do you think? Do I think a Republican? I, I personally don't see a sweep. You don't see a sweep. You think that we're just going to continue down the hole, yeah. whether through fraud or apathy? Well, I, I mean, to, I guess this is a more, this question really isn't. Uh, theologically pointed it's just like a, 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 a question yeah. a matter of opinion yeah i would say just because i think there was there was trump people and then i think there's conservatives and and i think that's at least what you see across the political landscape because trump, tr trump was a populist people don't get that <laughs> yeah he was more like he was more populist party in fact it was funny i remember talking with my history professor back in 2015 2016 and he was talking about how he thought that when Trump came in, that there would be a third party kind of that evo that evolved. That would that. evolve, yeah. And it, and it actually kind of did because now you have this populist party. And I think that's going to be a theme going forward. You're going to see a lot of populist candidates. I think so as well. So moving on over to Mr. Steve, what do you think? I think there's going to be a move to be a sweep in those that are going to show up to vote. But I think the Democrats are still going to try to do what they did in the last election by trying to keep their power by doing the voting the same way in election fraud. And it's going to require a lot of Republican people to be at voting areas to check on this, but it's going to take a lot of oversight to keep it from happening. They want to keep their power. Absolutely. So with that said, be involved in your local election integrity movement in your elections. Don't complain about this being broke unless you're there to fix it. Thank you so much. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Work the elections. <laughs> <laughs>